The NBA trade deadline has not disappointed, but does any of it actually affect the Phoenix Suns? Doesn't seem like it. We'll break it down. Aaron Edwards is here, coming up on Locked on Suns. Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, contributor at suns.com, as well as Dime Magazine, and a credentialed media member covering the Suns the past five seasons. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen each and every day. Thank you for finding us on YouTube, where we are, we are almost to 1,000 subscribers. Might sound like a small benchmark, but I think many of you know that is when uh, channels get monetized. So please help us get there. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell every single Suns fan you know to subscribe. Uh, this season is heating up, and uh, it's going to be a fun one, so get to it. Let's, uh, let's dive right in, Aaron. We want to talk about the trade deadline. I was hoping you and I would... Uh, would have a deal, a Suns deal to talk about. I've seen you tweeting asking uh, the gods to bestow that upon us so we can all just get it over with. That has not happened. However, we're seeing a teardown in Portland. We're seeing a, uh, I guess, another set of reshuffling the deck chairs in uh, New Orleans. Has any has any of this caught your mind from a Suns perspective? Do you think any of this is going to affect the West race? Uh. No, like nothing's really <laughs> happened. Um, yeah, I think the Blazers are just gonna be worse, but we already planned that. They've always it's funny that they finally just leaned into tanking, they've kind of just been on the verge of tanking this entire season, and they're finally just doing it, which I guess kudos to them. Um, I feel awful for their fans, man. They like. Yeah. <laughs> They go from, I mean, they've they've kind of been feeling like they were going to have to tear it down and, and restart for a little while now, but like they make the playoffs and it's like, okay, you know, Dame is, I mean, he's at his absolute peak. Then yeah. he has this weird abdomen thing. His abdominal muscle is like screwed up from the Olympics all the way through the season. And then now it's like the most unceremonious teardown ever. Like who would have thought this is how the Dame and CJ thing would end it's i don't know it's sad to me yeah i don't care i don't root for the blazers but it just sucks it's sad yeah like none of it really moves a needle though i mean they wanted to get under the tax but like we blew them out like the last few times we played them so it was never really an issue with them the kings are kingsing again so that's not really a big deal either they always do stuff like this yeah how could i forget (laughs) yeah and um so they're going to put one of us out on the floor in the next couple of weeks. So I just like, don't really know what they're doing. Uh, New Orleans, um, three of two of their three best players haven't really played this season. <laughs> so I don't and even know. Like play defense. Yeah. And I don't know what the, how it's even going to look on the floor. Like, I don't know what type of player Zion's going to be when he gets back. I don't know what size of player Zion's going to be when he gets back. <laughs> we talked about this at work. Like, nobody's seen him like nobody knows no. where he is like and that's really tough he's to do right posting now on social yeah he shot that's... a mountain dew commercial and faded into the sunset <laughs> he's been gone for a year yeah yeah it's really tough to do to be just like extremely anonymous right now and just disappear off the face of the earth like we haven't seen him on the sideline we haven't seen it's kind of hard anything. for him to hide also so yeah <laughs> and uh brandon size, ingram so yeah yeah, when Ingram plays, he's pretty good. I think he played when we last played them, but yeah, it really wasn't really an issue. Like nobody's really done anything scary yet. Like I think no. that 
most of the real like scary shuffling will probably be done in the east but suns wise i we both talked about it like they just need to do that one thing that we want them to do but for the most part like nobody's really done anything no it's been a lot of teams it's it's really honestly crazy to me how much it seems like the the carrot of the play-in is actually convincing teams to do stuff like go whatever their version of all in is like it's a bunch of teams the kings the wizards the pelicans the i mean not really the blazers maybe they still feel like they're going to do something this year I, I don't think so but those are teams that are like the 10 seed is appealing to them in some yeah. way the fact that they get to be in the play in is actually kind of uh seems to be getting the job done making them competitive making them try but this is part of, I guess, where it comes into play. Like, which of the teams right now in that 7 to 12, 13 range would you least want to see in a first-round matchup? Because we have the Lakers thing kind of imploding in real time. The, yeah. the Wolves look pretty scary. That's probably the obvious answer. But is Zion going to get back? Is Kawhi or PG going to get back? There's, like, a lot of questions. I don't know if any of them terrify me if I'm the Suns, but... You also want to just get through that quickly. You don't want to worry about the team you're playing in that first round. Yeah, I think just the team that's building something that would be worrisome is the Clippers, I guess, because as we saw yesterday, the Suns, uh, for a little bit, the Suns struggle with long teams, and yeah. um, and they just got longer, and they got dudes that could switch on every possession. And teams like that worry me, but that's, like, about it. Like, that's one of the only teams with lengthy, good defenders that can give the Suns problems that I wouldn't want to see too early. All right, that's a a segue into one of the other things I wanted to ask you about, which is Shaquille O'Neal. Um, <laughs> did you see this about the Lakers and yes. the Suns and whatnot? Okay, yes, so <laughs> for the listeners, uh, Phoenix is like, quote, quote from Shaq on TNT, Listen, Phoenix is like Utah to me. Got a lot of good players, but some of those players can be punked now. I'm just saying. Uh, always a great way to broadcast TV to end your sentence with I'm just saying. Very, very mm-hmm. uh, tip-top stuff from the the big fundamental there. But, uh, oh, that's Tim Duncan's nickname. What am I doing? Uh, the big <laughs> leprechaun, whatever. He had a million yeah. of them. <laughs> what? And then he went on to say that he's heard from the Lakers that they're not worried about... Uh, about playing the Suns, They'd, that they want to play the Suns, they would rather play the Suns than the Warriors. My question when I heard that was, what about three straight losses the Lakers enjoyed so much last season, personally? <laughs> but what did you make of this whole thing? Is this just Shaq being a, a Lakers homer? Is this, yeah. is this real at all? It's not real. Like, just the thought that Russ is doing this on purpose is funny. <laughs> like, he's just, his entire essence and way he's playing on the court right now is purposeful because yeah. he wants the Suns, and he's just going to be regular with Russ once he plays the Suns in the playoffs. It's hilarious. And, yeah, like, there's nothing about them that worries me. <laughs> after, Especially after what happened last night, even. It's just, they, they have a lot of other things to worry about than the first round against the number one seed. Yeah, they got to get there first. I think they. Sh- I think they should be worried about who they play between now and then far more than uh, who they match up with. They also have to go through the play-in tournament, and they didn't even uh, do too well. You know, in that it took them yeah. to the uh, a LeBron miracle shot. Yeah. They even beat the Warriors in the play-in tournament last year to even get to be 
the the Suns opponents. So and, and this year they would have to play two games because they're going to be in the bottom part yeah. of that bracket. So yeah, I mean, no, like I, even in the top three, they get swept. I think Memphis sweeps them. I think the Warriors sweep them. I think we sweep them. Like I just don't think they're an issue. <laughs> you get, might get one good LeBron game that he wins one game for you, but about that, like that's all they have. It's uh. It's almost not even worth humoring. I think we, I think we've done it enough justice. I do, I, I, it is funny the way that the allegiances work and whatnot. Cause it's like, obviously Shaq played here. So yeah, <laughs> I don't understand like why he has to take weird shots at the Suns on top of trying to support the Lakers. Like just say, you know, I've heard that the Lakers feel really comfortable with their playoff odds or what. I, I don't yeah. know. It was, it was weird. It was definitely just to get me and you and all the rest of the media to discuss it. So it worked. Shaq, you win again. Uh, let's <laughs> talk about uh, another part of this though, actually, Aaron, because I think it's a, it's a good conversation for us to have. It's something that I've been thinking about a lot um, just in terms of appreciating this sun season and trying to like really just like sit with that. But I also think it's relevant to the trade deadline. So let's get into that in just a sec. First though, guys, bet online has you covered throughout 2022 with more props, odds and lines than ever before as football wraps up its season and basketball hits its stretch run. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts and news this season. That's right. They have content now in addition to the odds that you've always gone to bet online for. And it's not just football. Bet online has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops, the NHL, boxing, UFC, and more. Real time live updates of current games, futures odds, all that good stuff. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available throughout the year. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Aaron. So recapping these games over and over throughout the season. You know, there's streaks and there's records and there's book scoring a bunch of points and there's all that good stuff. Mikhail Bridges developing and, and all that. But what I keep thinking about, and I don't even want to sound like, you know, the old man who hates what basketball has become or anything, but like every single team in the NBA seem to hate each other and want everything around them to be different. And so... <laughs> Like, that seems to genuinely be driving a lot of what we're hearing about right now. Ben Simmons, I mean, that's been going on for a while, but now James Harden. And then we have Bradley Beal, who's also hurt on top of everything else. And Dame Lillard, who's also hurt on top of his concerns. And, like, we're just lucky to get to watch a team that likes each other and just goes out there and wins. Like, I, that might yeah. sound simple, but I don't think you can take it for granted right now in the NBA. You, you can't. And I think, like, a lot of that comes from book honestly like you see all these star players and how he handled being on some very awful teams he could have asked out a long time ago and he stayed really book low-key and just did his job about it and honestly when we drafted him I didn't think he was that I didn't I never expected he would be that type of person I thought the second it got tough he'd want out and a lot of people would have wanted him and he yeah. just really stuck it out and did his bid and didn't really fight or cry or do anything about it and that rubs off on people like a lot of those dudes that are on the team now weren't here when he was struggling like that and I think seeing a dude that's that good never really waver or cry about his situation makes people want to play with him totally uh and it's you know like you know asking out or, or trying to change teams is is one part of it and Obviously, you know, getting DeAndre and McHale when they did and, and kind of everything just building all at one time led by Book is a big reason for that. I mean, you know, guys like 
McHale are not necessarily big enough stars to want to change teams anyway. Yeah. But the other part of it too is just like, I I don't know, just the idea that the the grass isn't always greener. Like I think so much about Chris, and if you listen to that JJ Reddick podcast that he did or or watch it, whatever, um, he talked a lot about, and he's he's talked, he's been open about it the whole time. Those thunder that that one thunder season yeah. where. It was kind of eye-opening to him, like, kind of humbling in a way of, like, not only am I human and I can get dumped by a team, yeah. <laughs> right? But also, like, I can lead those dudes, too. Like, I can make Dennis yeah. Schroeder and Shea Gilgis Alexander and Steven Adams into, like, a pretty frisky four-seat or whatever they were. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he learned a lot that season, and now he came here and he's like, Hey, I can be like a leader by example. I can find joy building other guys up rather than always having to be kind of on everybody. I mean, he's still on everybody. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> it's that it's a different thing, I think, now. And you talk about book, but I think the meshing of him and Chris and then the role players just kind of being ready to like, yeah, whatever you guys want. Like, I just think, man, like what other team? I mean, Cleveland, but that's because it's pretty new. The yeah. Grizzlies, that's pretty new. The Warriors, it's like, well, yeah, it's easy to be happy when you have like four titles. Yeah. But there's just not a lot of situations when you look around the NBA where somebody isn't causing a problem or wanting to go somewhere, not fitting in or whatever. And you just don't see that here. Yeah, like I Monty actually helps out a lot too. He's like a legit actual good coach. And it's not like his assistants are doing the job or Chris Paul's like running the offense and just shrugging off what he's saying. Like he puts good schemes together on offense and defense and he makes it really easy on his players. So I think book went through a lot of coaches that I don't think were all that smart. And a lot of these dudes didn't have to be there for that. <laughs> but I think like listening to Monty and Chris having played for him before, I think him getting all these guys together makes it really easy to even convince other people to come here. I think people were saying during all-star break, like, it's going to be like a recruiting thing. People get to see how Monty coaches and how True. positive he is and how good of a coach he is. And I think that like really wants people like people want to play for that and be around it. Yeah. If you're Monty, are you in LeBron's ear telling him ahead of time, <laughs> Hey, draft or Chris probably <laughs> yeah, hey, draft him, draft him. Cause I, you know, we're going to want to have a little bit of a conversation during the course of the week. Uh, we have some plans we need to take care of here. Yeah, I think Book did that during the Olympics. Like, the second he got there, JaVale was in the bag, <laughs> yeah. like, the first week, it seemed like. And yeah. and I think, like, he knew going into that, like, he knew that he needed a backup center more than anything, and that's probably the reason he didn't have a ring, and he got it done. And I think, like, he's going to go in, he's going to be like, I need a guard that can score when me and Chris are sitting down. And I think he's going to attack that any chance that he gets. It was gold medal 1A, JaVale 1B. <laughs> for sure yeah. and he made he made both happen um and uh and i think you're completely right well i i want to talk about the ring part of it because you you brought that up this is the part that i i want to like avoid being too much of a homer about or too much in the bag of just like watching this team and and enjoying it so much is that feels like a genuine thing that when you're talking about, oh, how do the Suns stack up? We're going to talk about the Bucks game in the next segment to close out the show. Like, how do they look against Milwaukee this year? Or what is the West? Like, the Warriors pose a threat. To me, 
that level of like buy-in and chemistry and whatnot and the level they've taken it up to, I feel like you do have to count that as one of the reasons that they're better this season. It's not just JaVale or Cam Johnson getting better. Like, I think that matters. Do you think that matters? Yeah, I think it matters a lot. And last year we were the one seed and people weren't talking about us like this. Like everybody can tell there's a difference than yeah. this year as a one seed. We were like handily beating people and it's kind of seems like inevitable it's not like we're like oh sun pulled out a tough one it seems like the suns go into the game and they're the best team like it's not like a shock it's like what Aiton are we getting today or what Mm -hmm. can chris paul or book mesh tonight or isn't nothing like that like it was last year it wasn't this team like figuring it out like this year it feels like they're just better this year and people can tell like jj watt said yeah (laughs) yeah Um, it's uh it's it's so cool and yeah i mean like last night's a perfect example the suns had no business winning that game you look yeah. at like i i was looking at the box score just like pulled it back up to to have it out when i was doing the recap show last night and i'm like nothing about these numbers makes yeah. me think the suns would have been the winner of this game you had yeah. Embiid and harris go for like 65 points combined <laughs> the Suns got nothing from Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder combined. Yeah. <laughs> and yet it's like the fourth quarter rolls around and we're like, all of us watching that game, we're like, yeah, here it goes. Yeah. And it's it about was to happen. And last year, a back to back like that after a Bulls game that shouldn't have been that close. And just like the Atlanta game and just like this trip, I think we last year we would have probably dropped two more than likely because a team figuring themselves out can't pull out a, a win like they did yesterday. And I think yeah. they're just so comfortable with each other now and they know what they need and when they need it, that that's what shows in their clutch game. Like they know exactly what they need in the clutch in those last five minutes. And that's a really big thing you need when possessions get shorter in the playoffs. And I think that's, I mean, I went on a rant about this yesterday on the show too. It's like the Aiton thing, the Sabonis Aiton stuff never made any sense. I, I don't understand any <laughs> of that at all, but even aside from that, which which probably was never real in the first place, is I I just the, any idea that I ever had maybe like at the beginning of the season of like oh well you know Jay Crowder he's about to be an expiring contract he's older maybe maybe they trade him or you know like well Cam Johnson like are you going to extend him or maybe you deal him all that's out the window because this team has such a clear opportunity to go win a title and. Again, that piece of them getting along is part of why they have that chance. Like you just can't, you cannot jeopardize any of that right now. Yeah, and even with like the Aiden thing, really had potential to like derail just like the chemistry of like the whole team. Like he could have came yeah. in and sulked, but I think when you have somebody like Chris Paul, and I hate like pulling like the leader thing, but having somebody like Chris Paul and Monty, which they're not the dudes cutting the check. So I think it's easy for him to talk to them about it because it's just like, we go out and win one, you're getting paid a lot of money because it's going to yeah. force them to. And I think they both like really helped him get through it without having him like really soak around all season. Like he really could have watching a bunch yeah. of dudes that he got drafted with get paid a lot of money last year. Yeah. And, you know, again, to, to refer back to that, that JJ Reddick podcast, it, it was another opportunity for Chris to talk about. I think, Reddick asked him about the aftermath of losing. And when I listen to those guys talk about it, like I'm sure they're not telling us everything about how much it hurt afterward. But I do believe them when they say it was a couple weeks max. And then it was like, all right, let's we'll do it. in we'll do it in 12 months. Like, yeah. and, And I think that drives you too. like, 
you know, we can we can let this stuff bother us or we can go check the standings and see how much better we are than everybody and keep that up. And I think that's <laughs> I think that's just kind of where they are. But uh, no, I, I think that's been the thing I've all I've kind of been coming back to with the trade deadline stuff is like they're not going to make a move to rock the boat. And you're just seeing with so many of these reports and everything else that no team is on anywhere near as stable of footing as the Suns. I mean, the Warriors are right there. I'm not going to underestimate them. The yeah. Bucks, we'll see, but um, you know they're they're right there at the very very top, and their record proves that and everything else. So um, it's it's a special season, and I just you know I, I guess maybe it's a, it's a little bit of a zag to to not get caught up in all the trade stuff. Like I <laughs> I want to see the Eric Gordon stuff pan out as much as anybody, but um, like. I don't know. Even if they do nothing, I don't think I'm going to feel like super down heading into the stretch run of the season. Yeah. Nobody here is really there in the West is really doing anything to make them ahead above the suns. Like nobody's making themselves that much better. If anything, they're making themselves, everybody's making themselves a little worse except the Clippers. So I don't, I think like, I think James Jones wants to get it done just to like sure it up for the playoffs. But yeah, I don't think he like really is in any rush. I think he should get rid of that first if that's what it's going to take, because if a first means get a ring, then screw the first. <laughs> but I just think like if he really, really needs to get it done, he'll get it done. Yeah, no, completely agreed. I think uh, I've said it a couple times now. I, if you would set the the over under at, at half a trade, I'm, I'm still going to hit the over. I just think we've heard too much about Smith and Sharich and all that stuff. And, and there's so many targets that make sense, although apparently not Harrison Barnes because the Kings uh, love to do this to us every single season. But um, I'll be right here to break all that stuff down tomorrow, guys. Let's get out of here and talk about the Bucks game, the first rematch since the NBA Finals of these two squads. No Brooke Lopez, of course, on the Milwaukee side, but it should be a pretty great game. So let's uh, give our initial thoughts there heading into tonight's matchup. First, though. Today's episode of Locked on Suns brought to you by Rock Auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models. It's pretty difficult to know what you're doing, to trust the person you're dealing with, and to get what you need at a reasonable price. It seems like it should be easy, but uh, chain parts stores, dealerships, heaven forbid, uh, make it pretty difficult. So save time and money and switch to Rock Auto. Here's what you do. Go to rockauto.com, type in the car that you have, scroll down to the part that you need, Click purchase and it's at your door within days. You can spend 30, 50, even 100% from those chain parts stores or car dealership prices. They have everything you need. Brake part, tail lamp, even new carpet. I've bought a rear view mirror replacement on Rock Auto before. They, they really do have everything. It's very easy to find. They have images of each thing. They have it separated by part. They have multiple options for price. It's, it's very, very easy to navigate. They've been doing this for more than 20 years as a family-owned business, so they know what they're doing. They like to make it easy for you, and the prices are always the same. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, the Suns have lost four straight to the Milwaukee Bucks, which is a... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sad way to introduce this, but it's the truth. We all know what those games they? took place uh, <laughs> last summer. Of course, the NBA Finals. Everybody remembers. Um, 
But this is the first time they've played since, and it's a, it's an interesting moment to have it happen because it is so far into the season, but it's also nice because it's close to the end of the season. So it's a, it's a good kind of checkpoint game as, as we've been talking about all year, Aaron. What are, what are you watching for? What are you thinking about? What kind of matchups are interesting to you as we head into this game? Um, it's really weird for teams that, pl- that played in the finals to play this late into the season. Like it's either like a Christmas or opening day or something yeah. like that. So it's really weird that the league waited this long to do this, especially and for it's on a random Thursday. It's not even yeah. a marquee. Like it's not even MLK Day or any of that. Yeah. It's just like yeah, February tenth, yeah. go for it. Super Bowl week, nobody's paying attention. Play. Yeah. <laughs> like I just know. Um, I think like we talked about. Um, last year and just like the ringless thing i think book is kind of he's trying to play it cool but i think he flew back he flew to the olympics with them for a reason i think he didn't have to do that i think he's just been stewing over this he wanted to see them celebrate he wanted to be around them after they won the ring and i think that he's been thinking about drew holiday like really got him pretty good last year and i think that he's gonna come out pretty quick and um i think chris paul his he had to have wrist surgery right after so i think they want to prove that like they can still belong, but at the same time, Giannis is amazing now. Like he he is stepped it up even to a higher level. So I think it's going to be a real defensive test, especially for Aiton, because I don't. I think the pressure is a little bit off of him now because I think the foul situation was such a big deal with him that he knew that he had to stay in the game or. Frank Kaminsky was coming in or Tory Craig was coming in and they were going to have to guard Giannis. And I just like, I think the pressure is a little bit off now having Biombo and McGee and like bodies to finally throw at him. So I think just like the Suns having bodies to throw at Giannis is going to help, like maybe not tire him out, but slow him down at least a little bit. And that might just help a lot more than having dudes that weren't, great defenders at the same time as being too small. That's just something you yeah. really can't be honest with. No, that's exactly where I was going to go. I mean, it's it's the basic one, but it's the most interesting one. I don't think the Suns got JaVale McGee and Bismack Biombo just because of Giannis, but it's definitely one of the matchups you're going to circle when you look at your, your center depth and, and want it to make an impact. And the biggest question that I have, and I, I've kind of brought it up a couple times because this has been an interesting week for JaVale in general to go Vucevic, Embiid, Giannis. I mean, yeah. those are guys that are all bigger and stronger than him and, and are kind of testing how, you know, I don't want to say scrawny, like look at me, but, you know, he's a thinner center and, and those yeah. are tests for him. So can he actually be the guy to guard Giannis? Like, is that actually a thing he can do or is that just what we slotted him in as because he's better at it theoretically than like Frank is, you know, like, can he actually get that job done? I don't know if he'll even have to, like it is the regular season. These guys aren't going to play, you know, finals level minutes, but if Aiton gets into foul trouble, what do they do? Um, I actually don't think it's crazy to think that Biombo could be somewhat of a better matchup potentially against Giannis because he's a little smaller. He's not as, he can move a little bit maybe with him more. Or than Wainwright JaVale even. Could. Wainwright is strong Wainwright. and he moves his feet. Like, I think we want to say that they didn't do this specifically for Giannis, but I think in the back of their heads, every person that we've picked up to this point <laughs> has been with Giannis on the mind. Definitely wasn't about Nikola Jokic. Uh, <laughs> they didn't They didn't seem to have too much of a concern defending him with only one center. So, I, I, I mean, I completely agree with you on that. It's just... Is he actually that guy, I guess, is my question. And 
it's not even like they could have done better. I think JaVale's maybe like the best backup center in the NBA, but Giannis, like yeah. you said, is just such a nightmare um, that, yeah, maybe it's Ish Wainwright. Maybe maybe Aiton just handles it and it, it's not a question in this game. I don't know. What's funny to me, though, is uh, if you were to just build the physical profile of somebody who could guard Giannis, he would kind of look like Jalen Smith, which, is, which really <laughs> makes me laugh. Obviously, I don't <laughs> expect that. That would be a foul uh, nightmare for the Suns, and that's the big problem with Stick yeah. Still. But uh, it is just funny to think, like, well, 6'10", like, pretty long, pretty strong, <laughs> like, energetic. Like, huh, that <laughs> seems like a pretty useful dude against Man. against Giannis. But stopping Giannis yeah, right I, I now, though, it's it. just is stopping Giannis right now. It's just tough. Even if he destroyed Anthony Davis, one of the greatest yeah. defenders, like, in the league yesterday. I just think he's seeing the game a lot different now and I hate to say that we kind of helped that like I think getting that ring and him deciding to still get better kind of just has him in a different world right now so I don't I don't mean stop but I just mean just throw bodies at him as much as you can and I think that's what our goal is it's just bodies like catch throw everybody at him and just see how that helps for sure and I, I think I've said this before too but like to me, a big reason the Suns lost that series was obviously Giannis. I mean, fifty points in a game six is is incredible stuff. But it's also like if Bobby Portis grabs five less offensive rebounds, if yeah. Pat Connaughton makes five less threes, if Drew Holiday <laughs> suddenly you know isn't suddenly playing like an All Star scorer, things are a lot different. So. Yeah, I'm not saying let Giannis get his because he can actually single handedly beat you, yeah. but maybe. Maybe he's going to get 30. I mean, he basically is is a lock to do that. But if you're able to rotate and 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 throw bodies like you're saying and do that type of stuff, maybe the game, uh, you know, closes down for him a little bit, and and the yeah. other guys don't get to be as as impactful, and and you can kind of make up for it. The other thing is we're not going to have both Chris Paul and Devin Booker playing on injuries in this game, yeah. so maybe that <laughs> makes a difference too. Uh, I don't know. I don't like to do predictions, but I, maybe we'll just do one. What do you think happens? Do you think the Suns win, Bucks win? How close is it? What are you thinking? Um, I think it's a close game. I wouldn't be shocked if the Bucks won, especially with this kind of road trip and how much energy the Suns had to use yesterday. <laughs> so I just minutes everybody's playing. My God. yeah. Chris Paul, like that's the biggest thing about us getting a guard or campaign coming back is he's playing like 36 minutes a game at 30 at 36 years old. So I just think like that just can't, I mean, maybe it can hold up, but I just think come may, I don't want him coming off of a couple of games of playing 36 minutes a game. No, you don't want to <laughs> add any more of a reason for his body to get hurt. And uh, <laughs> man, it stresses me out to even think about it. I know like I trust him. He put so much time and money into his body. I trust the training <laughs> staff. Like they've they've he stayed healthy relatively speaking compared to what yeah. he was at for a while there. But yeah, it makes me nervous too. But uh that should be a good game. Eight o'clock local, TNT, all that good stuff. I will be there. I'll be here to recap it for you guys right afterward. He is Aaron Edwards. You can check him out at All Caps NBA on the Take Line YouTube channel with Jason Concepcion over there. They do great work. Subscribe to that channel, support Aaron. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow.